0: And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast.
1: Here's Jeff.
0: My guest is Susie Pearl, who had a near death experience while having brain cancer and returned with a big upgrade and a story of what heaven is like. Susie, thank you for joining me and welcome.
1: Lovely to be here, Jeff. Thanks for having me on your podcast.
0: Susie, if you don't mind, can we start on the day that your NDE happened and go from there?
1: Mm, sure. I was in hospital in Cambridge, at Cambridge University Hospital, and I had been diagnosed with brain cancer, and I had been given three three weeks to live. And they said 5% of people only get through what you have. And um, I had – I had – I had a very positive outlook, which kind of irritated people, but I, I had a feeling I was going to get through this. Um, one morning I was sitting on my bed and I was meditating and I had this feeling like I was gonna die that day. And so I went out to the nurses station and I saw the lovely nurses, early morning breakfast time, and I said, Um, hey everyone, would you keep an eye on me today? Because I think I might die today. And they went, Susie, you're gonna be fine, we've got you. Yes, it's fine. I said, no, no, really? And they said, well, of course, we will keep an eye on you, but you'll be you'll be okay. And I went back to my bed, continued in a meditation pose, and I felt that my spirit was being hoovered out of my crown. It was almost like I had a big suction thing going on. And I felt felt my spirit tugging to leave my body and i was like whoa and i was like this is it i'm going and then it just went up i felt my my spirit go up and it was kind of nice and kind of relieving and i went up out of my body and i was aware my body was on the bed below and i was going up and i was let loose in this starry cosmic it was like a cosmic film movie actually it was a bit sci-fi um and i wasn't i wasn't thinking i'm off to heaven now but i i saw i traveled fast through this universe that felt very much like a sky with stars and, and bright and beautiful and very calm and it felt very delicious very nice very good feeling and um i was being shown various things which i i will speak about the things that i became aware of my place in life and out out of my body i could tell that i was some sort of infinite being living in this infinite space uh which felt very interesting to me because i've always been interested in what happens on the other side who are we on a metaphysical level who are we i've always been interested and i've read a lot i had read a lot about ancient wisdom and the infinite nature of the soul and all of this sort of thing and here i was experiencing out being out of my body um it felt good it felt peaceful i felt at peace and um i at some point i was given and i noticed there was no time i i cut people say to me how long were you out for for me that's a it's an irrelevant question there because there isn't a t- chronological time as there is here on, on this earth plane. Um, and I was given a choice through my senses. Um, you have a choice now you can come back to your body or you can stay here in Nirvana. Uh, and I had, I was, I'm, I have a, a, a son who was young, uh, And I was his sole carer, so I knew I had to come back. So for me, it was no question of thinking, "Mm, yeah, I want to come back. And then the next thing I knew after thinking, I want to come back, that's my decision. There was this white flash. I was back in my body. The next scan I had, um, my tumour had gone and there was no scar tissue and the doctor has this meeting with me so i don't we don't i don't really understand this um and in medical terms it doesn't make sense that y- your tumor has has gone and there is no scarring which is we would expect to see scarring and there isn't any and he said um this looks like a miracle to me although we don't use that language in our medical profession. And he said, we're not in the business of miracles, but it does look like one to me. And I said, that's funny, because I am in the business of miracles. And I was expecting one. And I'm very happy. And I said that, you know, I knew I was going to get out of this. Previously, on my first scan, when I first went to hospital, um, I went into the MRI scanner. And I was nervous, you know, these things are, it's a round cylinder, and you go on this pad, and you get brought into this cylinder, very loud tapping noise. They gave me earplugs, it's gonna be very noisy. You're asked to help hold really still so that they can do the the scan. And before I entered into this tunnel, I had this visitation, I had this gold orb surround me. Um, And what I feel were angels, these golden angels arrived and said, do not worry about what's happening to you. Your story is that you're gonna be looked after. You're gonna get through this. You're gonna have three scans. The first scan is gonna show terrible results, be prepared. The second scan you have, the tumor will have shrunk. The third scan, it will be clear, completely clear. And you will write a book about this and there'll be a movie and you'll inspire many, many people around the world about this healing we've given this immense storyline to you because you're a writer and you've got a platform and you will be writing a book so remember well and that was it and then I was in the scanner so when I got my first set of results from the doctors he he looked you know very pained when he was telling me and I said you know I was quite jovial I said you know don't tell me it's, it's bad news he went yes and it's not my job to dress this up it is bad news you have a very large tumour and described the kind of tumour it was and um, sure enough the second scan uh, the results were it had shrunk and then the third scan it had it had cleared so it was a magical um, fantastic story and I kind of knew all along I believed the angel story as I was told that I believed that I would get through and no one else did except my son actually he 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 was with me on the journey that we're going to get through this um and all around me were just sort of like oh bless her you know she's just in denial she won't make it probably and it's very sad um she's just not seeing it uh but my story was different you know I, I knew that I would be I would be okay When I had the near death experience, um, I learned, first of all, not to share it too widely at the time. The people I did tell, they they had no template for this, they had no category to code this information that I was talking about. And I didn't either. I didn't know it was called a near death experience. It was only after researching this area um, that I, 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 I put all the dots together that I had this incredible healing. I was told three scans. I had the angel story. I went up, saw the light, saw this incredible veil, through the veil, the other side, if you will, which was magnificent and infinite and just pure harmony, really. Um, So all of these, and when I came back into my body and I came back to life again, as it were, I saw the world so differently, very different to the way I'd seen it before in terms of I had greater love and compassion for everyone else. I saw that we are all one. Um, what I do to my neighbor, I do to myself. It's it's We are all a network. It's very similar. And I, I'd read a lot of hermetics before, as above, so below, this idea that. As things are organised um, above, they are kind of mirrored on Earth, and it made sense to me that what I saw when I went up up there, um, it we are all one, and and so I brought that down with me into my life, and it just made me a nicer human being. <laughs> I'm very grateful for start. I'm very grateful for every day because I had to face dying, I thought. I mean, I did die, but I was told in hospital that I would die, that would be it, in three weeks. So it makes you very mindful about what am I going to do with these days that I have left? And now I treat every day really as a gift. I have my ups and downs, of course, like everybody. Um, Today, I had a particularly challenging day, for example, where I was thinking, oh my God, you know, I've got to remember the truths that I've learned that is we are all, you know, we get lessons. We're not given anything that we can't handle. Um, everything that comes into our life is is really to give us experience and an understand a deeper understanding of the way things work. So I learned that life is about love and compassion and kindness and how important that is to run life. And um I'm certainly, I I can see and feel things very much. I'm very much more sensitive than I was before. I have feelings and intuition that are very strong. I can see in people, you know, I'm, I live on the island of Ibiza. It's very colorful, very many, many people. Some have been partying hard and I can see in their auras and their energy fields that I want to steer you know steer away from this kind of energy is hyper energy and in favor of you know the other side of the island is about uh, meditation and sound baths and yoga and it's very mindful i like that um so i have become very much more sensitive to my environment and to what i eat you know i, I now eat very carefully mindfully and think about how is this nourishing my body and is it, is it kind to the planet and all of these things. So I've become much more of a nice person, actually.
0: Susie, thank you for sharing your experience with us. While you were out of your body, what was going on with your body here in 3D world?
1: I don't know. Actually, I've never been asked. It's fun to talk about this because I haven't talked, talked about it Mm -hmm. really very much. Um, I realized when I started talking about it, I sounded a little insane and I didn't want to be insane because I wanted to get out of hospital. So I had to play the same game. So I really kept quiet about this. What was happening with my body? I don't know. I wasn't really caring about my body per se. I was more interested in my journey, in my cosmic journey that was going on. So I don't actually remember noting this.
0: Well, I mean, I wouldn't expect you to know what was happening to your body because you were somewhere else. I was kind of more curious like, when you came back, did anybody tell you, oh, we lost you for a while or, you know, or you stopped breathing or anything like that?
1: When this happened, it was very early in the morning. And even though I'd alerted these nurses to keep an eye on me, I don't think they were monitoring me. And certainly there was no, um, you know deadlining on the monitors or anything i no one noticed that i had gone mm. and it was interesting because i would escape a lot from the hospital i ran off a lot and went into town mm. um to get away and, and no one noticed that either <laughs> mm. so maybe they weren't very um, tuned to things there i don't know but i think it was particularly the time of day when it was very they were busy doing breakfasts there was it was not visiting time there was not doctors doing rounds time so i chose the time to go out of my body quite well because there was just no one around um so it's probably the best time of the day because all other parts of the day you're being monitored constantly There's doctors and nurses in and out that time of day is the only time in the day where that was not happening
0: when you first left your body did you realize that you were out of your body and possibly dead or were, did you think maybe i'm dreaming or you know Something else.
1: It felt like being in a movie. It felt like spinning around the universe. And I wasn't really um cognizant about um whether where I was, what was happening. I was just enjoying it and really absorbing the moment of being able being seeing this fantastical scene. Um I I wasn't really thinking about. My life, my body, or anything like that, or well, was I dead? The other thing that I had uh, I, when I came back, I had no fear, no fear of death. I I still have no fear of death because I know it's beautiful up there. Um, I say up there, out there. Um, so you know, death. We don't die. Our body can stop. Our body can die, but we, whoever we are, the spirits. Um, and these words can trigger people because they have such strong connotations or people feel like it's a religious thing or whatever. But I do speak about God and God for me can be, you know, it's the higher force of whatever it is. It's not a religious term for me. It's a it's an it's a term of infinite, infinite power that we have actually inside ourselves. Uh, I read a, a I'm a great reader I read a lot and one great book that I got out today was three magic words and and the three magic words the whole book is about is uh you are God uh, because it's inside yourself so when I popped out the body I felt I feel that now that the body is just simply a a vehicle to carry the spirit or whatever you want to call it the you part of you um And so I, I, yeah, I lost all fear in this process.
0: You said you were given a choice. Did you hear a voice or see a being that actually gave you this choice?
1: So all these messages from the angels and the choice about, do you want to stay or do you want to come back? Oh, I must also add that once I decided, once I've made my decision, there was no turning back. I couldn't then go, oh, actually, no, I wanted the other, I, I I wanted the other option. No, it was you go back or you stay here and it's a one, it's a one-time choice. <laughs> um, and I got it through my auditory sense, which is a sense that's very strong for me anyway. And I tend to get my intuitive messages on an auditory level. So I'm pretty sure it was an auditory sensation i had about do i want to do i want to go or do i want to stay pretty sure it was a voice but not actually a voice it's more of a sense i had a sense of that message being delivered
0: when you saw the orb when you were in the mri room did you consider the orb the, actually the angels or did the angels were they inside the orb and the, they look like some other beings
1: wow well, what i'm describing here is it's uh, it's similar to the quality of a dream where things are not so like they are in day-to-day reality where you can go, I can say, this is actually a glass, even though I know it's made up of molecules and atoms. I know, I I believe that's a glass. Um, Similarly with this, um, it's very hard. The, The feeling I had about the golden orb and the angel visitation, it was very clear to my senses that this is what it was, but it was very hard. I couldn't have sort of touched it. Or felt it. It was it was much more fluid and gassy than that, but uh, nevertheless, I remember being struck by going, "Oh, I'm going to remember this one. This is a very powerful experience." But it was it was like dreamlike in that it wasn't ta- so tangible.
0: So it sounds like this entire event was pre-planned. Do you think mm. the angels pre-planned it, or do you think you pre-planned it pre-birth?
1: Yeah, well, I, I do, I, I do get a sense that there was a soul. We have, we humans have soul contracts when we come in, um, and I, I feel like I signed up for a very big storyline. I remember when I was about eight or nine, I was very into seeing. Gypsies at the fair and having my cards read and uh, fortune told. As was my mother, was very keen on that as well. We used to go up and have our fortune told, and I remember a fortune teller saying that I was going to have a very significant event that would be um life changing and extraordinary, and to expect an extraordinary thing. We all have extraordinary things happening in our lives but I do know that this for me is particularly extraordinary when I start talking about it as I do very gently and in, in very carefully chosen places now people go Oof, oh that's you know goosebumps that's amazing and it is amazing story even though it happens to quite a lot of people um, it's still um, a big storyline so I think I probably did sign up for it I'm quite a courageous adventurer i love um yeah i love doing big things taking risks being adventurous so it kind of suits my personality having this um i love talking and ex- talking about stories and and so on and and love writing life stories and all these kind of things so it suits my personality to have this so it wouldn't surprise me if my higher self Coming in, said, "Yeah, I, I'm up for this massive storyline." Um, but we can never know. It's it's just a hunch. I have a hunch that I did know. I have a hunch that all my life that something I was going to have this big storyline. And I remember this gypsy saying to me, "You are going to be." So I can see you in this big auditorium on stage talking about your life and what's happened. Uh, and that' st- stuck with me. And, and I was probably only about nine when she said that. And I've I kind of rolled that idea in my head quite quite a number of times since I was told that. And uh, when it, when this happened, uh, I'm not surprised that it happened to me. So I maybe deep down somewhere I knew that this was my programming or my destiny somehow.
0: You mentioned earlier that you were in the business of miracles. What other supernatural or paranormal things have happened to you prior mm-hmm. to this?
1: Well, I've always been interested in supernatural. Uh, I have had an extraordinary career. I um I worked for um a record company, Sony, looked after big artists like Michael Jackson, Madonna, The Spice Girls, all this sort of thing. I was a celebrity PR for many years, and and, and went around doing lots of you know gigs, looking after these very genius types. And I was interested in in the idea of genius, and I I spent a lot of time around these kind of people, and I I watched them, and I watched their energy, and kind of saw what is it that these people have that catapults them into this stratospheric position as high end entertainers or whatever it is so i was always fascinated in this i also was fascinated in crop circles i went yeah i lived in england and went to the areas in um wiltshire where a lot of crop circles were made and i was reading a lot of books about uh extraterrestrial and um unusual things happening in the world i was always fascinated i went to egypt checked out the pyramids and the history there and I've had a fascination for uh, the supernatural, and then I, I, uh, after MTV and doing the music stuff, I, I, I met uh, a very famous hypnotist and the guy who invited invented neurolinguistic programming, and I ended up running their company, and we would teach thousands and thousands of people hypnosis and altered states. So I got very. Uh, very used to going in and out of altered states, going dipping down into deep, deep, deep spaces in hypnosis. And I saw these guys regularly pull people out of phobias and mm. psychotic situations and, and really making massive positive changes to life through using the mind, using the power of the mind, dipping into the unconscious, instructing the unconscious. For example, I would sit in seminars where um, these guys would ask someone who come up from the, or ask a number of people from the audience, who can't sing, who can't play an instrument, who can't paint anything. They would come up on stage and they said, I'm tone deaf, never picked up a paintbrush and they would be hypnotized and within half an hour 40 minutes they would be painting artworks that would sell in the break for tens of thousands they were amazing others would stand up and sing like incredible singers or jam and play reggae like Bob Marley and I watched this and it blew apart all my belief systems about the mind and about the little boxes we put ourselves in. Oh, I can't, I can't sing. I can't do art. No, if you're human, your potential is infinite. I've always believed that. And hip, working in hypnosis for years, seeing these guys at top end of hypnosis do incredible things, um, busting lifelong phobias and things like this, and helping people get out of Dual personality situations, so just by dealing with the unconscious. So, and I'd read, I was reading a lot of books about the power of the mind, the power of the unconscious, and a lot of the ancient wisdom, which talks about the power of thought, the power of words, the power of intentions. By the way, another thing I picked up in my NDE experience was that intentions and the law of attraction, in terms of what we speak about, uh, m- magnetizing things towards us when we set an intention everything conspires to bring that intention to you providing you don't have blocking limiting beliefs so I learned a lot and put it into practice I'd learned a lot about limiting beliefs and neurolinguistic programming which is neurology linguistics and how we're programmed as human beings I did that day in day out for years and learn at a, at a very advanced level that area so it allowed me to get great interest in the power of the unconscious and I really got into it so all of these things kind of it's like a big melting pot of wonder for me because I know that as a human being we're capable of so much and yet we get tied up like today I got tied up on a, a little dissonant on a dispute with someone in my community over something that has exploded into like from their side really they're really upset and we can get dragged into the day-to-day dramas of life and forget that we are these infinite powerful human beings who can actually you know, we're, we're capable of incredible, extraordinary things. Uh, we can paint a masterpiece. And when we look at drawings from people like Leonardo da Vinci or the great masters, you go, wow, this is incredible. They're human. They were human. OK, they were very talented, but they were basically using the same appendages that we all have. And it for me, it's about channeling and dropping in the energy that is available in the universe to create extraordinary art or songs or dancing like Fred Astaire when you couldn't dance before I've seen it with my own eyes so I had belief systems that anything is possible that's what led me to I I wrote I've written a book on um, creativity and that is about really opening up to allow energy and a channel for something that you didn't perhaps know you had inside yourself for sure a lot of I mean I've got a lot of friends who are very famous songwriters or actors musicians and they knew when they were little that's what they were going to do Michael Jackson's a good example he knew when he was little he was going to be on stage and boy was he on stage He thrilled us uh, with extraordinary talent he knew that all along so maybe he signed that contract that we spoke about earlier uh, for his his destiny in this life. Um, however, I do think also that we can we can if we think we have no talent, we can we can um, manage to tap into it. Put it that way. And when you look at the um, extraordinary events uh, that happen, where people are visited by. Um, other beings or other dimensions or whatever, you realize that things are not as they seem with our basic receptors of human beings. Uh, It's much more complicated than that. And I don't believe we're necessarily meant to know how this universe actually works. The quantum physics scientists are still uncovering extraordinary things about how particle and waveform behave so differently depending on whether they're observed or not. And that affects our reality and what comes into our experience. We're still learning, you know. Quantum mechanics is new. Our knowledge about protons and and atoms is all quite new in the big history of the of mankind. So we're still learning. It's interesting times.
0: It is. What did you discover about all these artists? that they had to catapult them into this success. And mm-hmm. maybe you understood it more after you were able to look through the lens of NLP.
1: Well, this topic has fascinated me. Uh, really, that was my quest for my writing of books. What is it that these people had that created this genius level? Um and why did I keep bumping in and starting to work with these kind of people? I've I people think I name drop. Well, maybe I think I name drop, but I've worked with amazing, you know, Paul McCartney, good friend. David Lynch, good friend. Um, all these people and artists that I have looked after are extraordinary. I was lucky to meet one, and I met so many in my quest. So I think somehow or other I have been programmed to. Be able to meet and spend time with these kind of people in order to have some reference point for the extraordinary, for the levels of genius, for high levels of creativity and be able to have something to say about that. Um, I've loved watching people write songs, for example, and uh, I interviewed a lot of people for my book uh, on creativity and ask them what's your process for getting a song and many of them would talk about that ideas drop down at the same time to many people and my friend Katie Tunstall singer-songwriter she said it depends who jumps up and catches them and actually holds them and does something with them that counts and a lot of people say that ah I had the same idea at the same time uh, and across the world, someone else would have the same idea. It feels like these ideas drop down, and it's up to us to sort of catch them as little wisps as they go past on in the sky. Elizabeth Gilbert, Big Magic author, talks about it in this way, like little wisps of ideas that go by. And we can just jump up and collect them. So, how good are we at jumping eye and collecting these ideas? Um, it is a kind of way of life. Being creative, I think. Um, And it might be, you know, you asked a great question earlier about, you know, did I sign up for this? (laughs) Um, I think maybe the genius types, I think probably they did sign up to really get a big channel to be able to. Paul McCartney. I, I'm going to tell you a story about Paul McCartney. I was talking to him under an oak tree in Sussex one day. Our kids were going to school and it was a beautiful morning. Sun was shining and um, he. we were talking about meditation. Paul is a good friend with David Lynch and we were talking about TM meditation, which, which I have been practicing for many years. And I asked Paul about Songwriting and where his lyrics came from. And he said to me when he was out in India with Maharishi and the band, all of them um, were learning TM meditation, George Harrison, or the whole lot of them. um, Paul, during that time when they were learning meditation, he wrote about 40 songs. And he would wake up and just need to reach for a notepad and he would write in complete form the songs that he was writing at that time. They would come in complete and he'd have a melody and bam, they were done. Um, And he just had to literally write it down before it went. Again, uh, writers on creativity talk about this. You you have to grasp the idea and write it down before it goes. We've all had that experience where last night it happened to me, my mind was racing with lots and lots of ideas and I let over and got a notepad and wrote them down. And I checked with myself this morning when I woke up, I thought, do I remember, can I remember those ideas? No, I couldn't. Fortunately, I'd written them down, so they were saved. But many times, David Lynch talks about this. He said, when you get a good idea, you write it down because it will go. So it's like transitory. You know, these ideas arrive, right, but then they can go just as fast. Doesn't mean you remember them. So you have to record them somehow, write them down. Um, but yeah, the way Paul was songwriting, it was just like, he received, he received it and then wrote it and put it together with a melody, which was also being played in his head. So it was like, he wasn't doing anything. He was the receiver.
0: It's like a download.
1: Exactly like a download. And I love the concept of downloads because I do believe the brain is very like a computer. We have all these apps running, all this software running, and, and now we have this neural network called the Internet. It looks like a inside of a brain, doesn't it, with all these kind of interconnectivity of the whole globe is now connected. Um, we are. I believe it looks very much like the inside of a cell, a neural pathway connecting all the cells that we have in the body it's very similar to how the brain works it's like a computer and what I learned in my different mind techniques that I've learned over the years I've learned several modalities at great at a very advanced level what I've learned is you can delete programs that aren't serving you the kind of programs like I'm useless I don't know what I'm doing I'm too fat I'm too thin I'm too not lovable whatever all of these you can delete Those lousy terrible unhelpful programs and download better ones and things like theta healing which i've learned and which helped save my life actually i I use various healing modalities to really get better um including plant medicine cbd reiki hypnosis all of these kind of things um when you look at the brain as a computer in the same kind of way, like an operating software, when I came back, for example, from my NDE, I had a different operating software. I was like a new version, an upgraded version, which allowed me to see the world very differently than the way I used to see it. Um, And I worked very hard for about seven years with a friend who I learned theta healing with. And we spent every day for many years swapping going looking at seeing what happened in the day what was triggering today and and finding out what program that would be muscle tested that that we had that and then delete it and so we would go through cleaning up our programming it's a really useful thing to do
0: it may be impossible to know but do you think your brain tumor was removed during
1: your nde or shortly after I'm getting the sense that it happened when the white flash happened. When I came back into my body, there was this almighty white flash, I remember. And I have a hunch that that was me being re-downloaded into my body with a new capability here. And it was at that point that Myself has got an update, including a healing, but I can't be sure, Jeff. I don't know. That's me making up a story that feels right to me. Right. Um, What actually happened? I don't know.
0: Do you fear death at all?
1: No. No, I do not. I do not feel death. I came back from after my NDE with zero fear. I couldn't access fear. Couldn't find it in my body. And I run lots of businesses and had a busy career where my life was constantly putting out big fires you know i was doing big productions and things were going wrong constantly and i was like oh no the artist hasn't shown up or the stage is broken or whatever big big dramas all the time and then there was a lot of fear and anxiety in my body which is probably why i got ill um and after my nd no no i fear begins to creep back now a bit i mean i you know, I've got this sort of triggering situation with someone at the moment. And um, yeah, I picked up some fear and anxiety around it, uh, which is quite new. It's about three or four years since my NDE. So kind of real life is seeping back in. It took me a long time to reintegrate back into life. The other thing that happened, I when I was in hospital, all I wanted to do was leave hospital and come back to Ibiza and see my friends and, and go back to my house. That I loved that. And we ca- I came back and uh it was in december and there was a christmas drinks party the night i came back so i hadn't seen friends for a long time like eight months or something so my, uh, we went off uh to the drinks party came back and as we drove up the drive i could see black smoke in my house and opened the wooden, big wooden doors at the front and this big billow of black smoke came out. The whole house was raging with a fire. So much so we couldn't get in the house. The fire brigade came. That night, And one night, I lost everything I owned. All my books, my furniture, my clothes, photo, all of my stuff went in this fire. The next day, we went back to the house. There's a big black Pile of soot in the living room. All the walls were thick black. I could never stay there again because it was so toxic. The whole house burned, as did all my material possessions. Except for one thing. There's one thing lying uppermost on the pile of black soot. It was a tarot card. Jeff, it was the rebirth card. Amazing. Yeah. If I didn't realize what that fire was, I did at that moment. And I had no home. I had no worldly goods. I was stripped right back, new operating software. I had to begin again. So they took me right back down to zero with this house fire. And in all the research, I mean, I haven't heard of other people with, have you heard any other NDE situations where that? That's happened out of interest.
0: I cannot recall any mm. guests telling me their house burned down after their NDE. Yeah.
1: And I never went back. I loved that house. Never went back. Lost everything in one night. So it was a, a, a very efficient way to dematerialize me mm. and just bring me back to my heart and soul in a humble way. And I had to ask friends for help. I had to ask friends to live in their houses Uh, And then we went into pandemic. So there was more upheaval and difficulties. So it's been a a period since the NDE of nonstop craziness.
0: Has the memory of this experience
1: faded over time? Are you referring to the NDE? Yes. Um, I don't think I will ever forget that experience has it faded a little maybe it has but it was never that sharp it was always film-like dream-like so it's not like I had a very sharp clear-edged uh movie in my mind about it it's always been a bit Disney-esque a bit movie-esque um but I I the details will always be with me. I lost a lot of my memory. Um, my memory's not very good still, and I have difficulty remembering things now. It's almost like my memory banks got really wrecked during this process. But I remember the great things. I remember my beautiful mother, my family, childhood things very well. Um, if you ask me what I did yesterday, probably not so good. Um, so yeah, I I I my memory is not so sharp but that keeps me very present I'm not thinking about yesterday I'm not thinking about tomorrow so much I'm I'm very much here and now which is a lovely place to be anyway so that's kind of helpful um but I will never forget that experience of of the NDE and the whole brain tumor experience I I was a little girl who never really felt loved enough when this happened the whole community my whole community came together there was a 45 people whatsapp group created who looked after bringing me food looked after my home looked after my business looked after my family communication with my family and my son they really took care of my life when I was incapacitated and uh, that for me was Absolute joy. That's what I wished for. It's on my vision board. I want lots of people to help me. And I was unable to ask for help before. And then suddenly I have this massive community all come together with massive love and support for me, which blew me away. And I could never, ever again say I am not loved.
0: That's great. If there is a message for humanity from your NDE, what would it be?
1: We are looked after. There is a greater force which we would do well to trust. We are all one. There is no room for prejudice of this group or that group. We're all one. We're all swirling around here in this incredible universe, very complex universe, Um, and it is affected by frequency, vibration, thoughts, which have their own frequency. And once we learn these basic fundamentals that what we think affects our experience, what we say affects our experience, or our intentions are, then we can learn to live calmer, nicer lives. Not chasing, not pushing, but rather just more of a quiet space, having time to reflect, And using our unconscious, which is so powerful, so amazing, amazingly capable, and handing over more to the machinery. Um, I think I have an optimistic view of humanity. I have an optimistic view of the world and what's going on. And I think we have to declutter what what we observe, what we watch for example, switching off the news, for example, not reading horrible stories um, in the press or whatever. Make your environment beautiful, be kind, be good. And that raises your frequency and will allow you to live a more interesting life. I think we are here to experience being a human. And what that human experience is all about is very much to do with our mental activity So to really honour the divine inside ourselves and to honour our mental powers by whatever means we can. It could be being in nature, talking kindly, meditating, enjoying. I do believe that we are here to enjoy our lives. We're not here. We're not meant to be struggling, aggressing, fighting. We're not meant to be. We are meant to be honoring each other, honoring ourselves, and having a wonderful time in this very short lifetime.
0: What inspires you about your NDE?
1: It's a bigger, expansive viewpoint. And I'm inspired by, I wasn't sure what I believed about the big force before. Now I know this big force exists, and we can call it whatever we like. I tend not to call it God in my books because that triggers people around belief systems, religion, and so on. I I get that. But I think truly that when we honor this big force, and however we do it, I do it through meditation and quiet time and reflection and walking out in nature, spending time with my family. Um, when we honor it, it's the most powerful force in the universe. It's a good force.
0: We talked earlier about your book on Creativity. Um, I don't think you ever gave us the title. So Where this is my most it?
1: recent book. It's called The Art of Creativity, and David Lynch lovingly gave me a beautiful quote, which is great food for thought and action. Um, and you can get this from my website, um, and it's a it's a lovely wrap on how to. It's the seven powerful habits to unlock your potential, and so it goes through very seven habits that you might like to adopt. And I wrote this while I was in hospital. So a lot of it is channeled. And people love this book. And My first book was called Instructions for Happiness and Success, which is a, 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 a book about how to run your brain for success and, and happiness. And I think that's my best book ever. Um, And many people say it's their most favorite book. I love it. And we're going to re-release it um soon uh, with um, a new section. So these are two books that I I've written that I love and I'd love you to check out. And you can do that on my website, which is susiepearl.com. And I'm on Instagram, Susie Pearl X. That's where you can find me.
0: If people want to reach out to you and ask you questions, are you open I to really, that?
1: I would really love that. I love talking. I love a chat and I love to help. I get messages every week from, a pile of people who've had cancer and all sorts of things going what did you do and i've got a little protocol sheet that i send off and i'm i'm delighted i've been through this for a reason i've been through this to help other people get through this so i would yeah people would love to get in touch i'd love that
0: should they reach out to you through your website
1: yes contact me through the website or through uh one of the um social media channels like instagram or facebook or Twitter, and I will absolutely respond.
0: You have anything else you're working on that you want us to know about?
1: I am currently writing the book called I Lost My Mind, which is the story that I've begun to describe to you today. It's all about my journey through this and my NDE. And I believe it's going to be made into a Hollywood movie. That seems to be the plan. And uh, I'm currently writing the book at the moment. and my agent in America is uh, is doing a great job in in uh, making this. we will be a multimedia affair. It will be really, really fun. Um, so that I don't know when that will be out, but when I finished it.
0: <laughs> Who would you like to play you in the movie?
1: Yeah, that's, well, um, it's being touted the lady from Frozen, Kristen Bell, Kristen Bell. Um, would be a good choice so I am grateful whoever plays me it has to be someone who's an adventurer who's courageous who's a bit I mean I kept running away from hospital a lot and having like you know alternative things going on that the people were never really knew about so there's some fun twists in the book. So um yeah, I don't know. Well, let, let's see how that pans out. So it'd be very, very interesting to see all the guys. And there are some great characters in this storyline. There, there are some Ibiza characters that are just extraordinary, who really helps. And, and there's some great stories in there. So I'll look forward to seeing who plays all of these interesting people. I'd love Johnny Depp to be involved because he's just so cool. Um, but we'll see. And he's a cheeky chap.
0: Susie, thank you very much for being my guest today. I really appreciate you and I wish you the best.
1: Thank you so much. Likewise. Thank you, Jeff. And thank you to all the listeners. Do get in touch if you'd like to. I'd love that. Thank you, Jeff.
0: Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.